0: Long way outside for the three. Go. He's got it. It's going for so them two handed flush from Brittany Griner. Swing it over. They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes, the Lumberjacks have done it. Spins. Oh! season for Texas,
1: they finished 34-0, and 0. the number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their
0: first NCAA championship.
1: And the first NCAA... Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni and joining me is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, we've reached the end. Oh man, yeah. But it's, it's also it's been... the start.
0: Yeah, it's a weird way to look at it, but for us, we're gonna take a. It's we're gonna get a little bit of a break in here, a little bit of a breather. We went through every team in the state, Division One, and we can finally actually watch some games. So I'm really excited. I I just I
1: feel so accomplished. Yeah, just looking at right? like my all my docs and all the <laughs> notes that I have and everything on 48 teams. Yep, 48 teams, man. We have gone through. That's um, a lot. Whew, I, it's very impressed. Even my phone, uh, right before we started, this actually gave me a notification. Do you want to start a six minute timer? Like oh, it literally man. I've never got that before this morning. It's it just like, you, you know
0: what you, you, we know what you're about. What's about to go down. Like, I
1: was like, <laughs> all right, all right, Apple, like you're spying on me. Definitely. I probably should like be worried, but this is great. Yes, I do <laughs> with the six minute timer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yes, Last one, DFW2 uh, today, we got Baylor, North Texas, and UT Arlington, ending it with just a loaded slate of teams yeah. here. Um, we'll start with Baylor. We will start with Baylor, the Baylor men's. Uh, for those who don't know, we do six minutes on each team. If you haven't already, go check out um, our old other podcast, Before the Season Starts. We Like I said, we preview every all 24 teams in Texas, men's and women's, 48 teams in total. Let's do this. Six minutes. I do want the six minute timer. <laughs> Baylor men's. I'll, I'll start us off here. All right. On the men's side. I mean, what more can you say? Scott Drew, we had him on the podcast, talked to him. Great guy. They're the national champs, the reigning national champs. Baylor, Bears, 18 and 2 overall, 13 and 1. And really, if you look at the two losses, they were flukes. I mean, that, that, that's what they were. It, that's <laughs> At the end of the day, this was a team that just ran the table. Everybody they played. Um, if it wasn't for their COVID stop in the middle of the year, this team would have rolled through everybody and been undefeated. I'm confident of saying that because, I mean, they come back and they barely beat Iowa State and then they lose to Kansas. And you're just like, this is not the same team. But they find their form. They close the season out really, really strong. And then they go in the tournament and they lose again. I think they were – I'm trying to remember what the situation was. I feel like there was – I might be – I'm sketchy on that part.
0: I can't, I can't, I can't remember I, exactly either. I think Kate Cunningham went kind of off. Um, and I think it was just one of those games where they, the, I think the most talented player on the floor just kind of yeah. had his
1: way. Yeah, and they couldn't shoot, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of just blanked all that out because the only thing I remember is the tournament run. Just Sure, yeah. A, <laughs> just an unreal run, obviously in with beating Gonzaga, which is one of the favorite – Getting on here and doing that podcast after that win is mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts ever that I've done mm-hmm. just in general Uh, because it was so raw. We did it right after like the buzzer and I felt great about it because we, we had watched this team the entire year and so many people had picked Gonzaga. And now we we're like, this team is legit. It's one of the greatest yeah. teams of all time. And that's what they were. They were shot 41.3% from three. You had done. Uh, Davian Mitchell, Macy um, T, Jared Butler, Mark Vidal. You got on the list. I mean, we'll talk about some of the returners as well that were on that team. And a special, special team. Um, like I said, you lose those four guys that I just mentioned. But, I mean, they were literally good at everything last year. Plus 5.5 in the turnover margin. A swarming defense. One of the best offenses in, in, a bas- in college basketball history. Like, amazing team.
0: Yeah. I think that they took us the one, the one thing that I loved about last year's team was that they took like a small step back defensively from the year before. Um, but they absolutely kicked it up in shooting because the year before there were some games where you could see, and maybe it was cause, you know, Davion Mitchell wasn't really that uh, uh, aggressive at that point. Um, there were a lot of games in 2019, 2020 where it was Jared Butler kind of needing to bail them out at times and last year they kick up the tempo adam flagler off the bench was huge and they just bring a different they just brought a different level of uh of cohesiveness on offense to where you they had no weakness right they could we mentioned how that's probably the best uh uh, iso team ever we've ever seen and one of the best shooting teams and so like it didn't matter if you were able to uh Defend them one on one. You you couldn't, but if you were able to manage to manage to find something on defense against them, they were able to kick it out to somebody. They were able to play. I mean, there were times where they threw out, you know, uh, Matthew Meyer at the five, and just like we're just going to play five out and just see what teams can do, and that nobody could do anything. Um, yeah, just an insanely fun team. And you know, they, we mentioned you know they bring back they they lose those four key players, but it's an intriguing group coming back. And I like the mix of talent. They bring in, I believe, uh, uh, freshman Kendall Brown as well, who's a five-star recruit, their best-ever recruit. Um, They bring in James Akinjo from Arizona, who's who's an all-conference caliber player there. I believe he was preseason, all-Big 12 anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, they bring back Flo Thamba, uh, Jonathan Chachua. I mean, I mentioned Matthew Meyer, Adam Flagler. Like, this is a team that's ready to to – to go back and then at least compete for the big 12 and probably, you know, they're going to have aspirations of another elite eight, at least elite eight run um, guys like LJ Cryer probably coming into the fold a little bit more. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated to see this team because this isn't going to be the same. ISO heavy team that we saw last year.
1: Yeah. Um, another player you, you've named, you've, Named all the uh, the newcomers. Uh, Dale Bonners, another guy Scott mm-hmm. you I think mentioned on this podcast uh, coming in from Fairmont State. He lit it up over there, um, but yeah, that I have the starting lineup right now is James Kenjo, Adam Flagler. It depends who you want to start at the three. Probably I have Kendall Brown there. I have um, six eight. Um, freshman like you said star freshman could start there at the three then you have Mm -hmm. Matthew Mayer and uh, Jonathan Chamuchachua or Flo Thamba whoever you want to run out at the five I feel really good about their size I feel good about um their I think they're gonna kind of go back to what they were before I mean in 2019 Mm -hmm. a little bit more uh 1920 rather uh with it being more defense centric I can see this team just locking in defensively because I while I think Flagler and Mayer and Akinjo are really good players that can score the ball I I think it might be simplified a little bit offensively they might not try to you know reinvent the wheel to a degree so I feel like it's going to go back to being one of a top let's say 15 defense in the country because I think last year they Mm -hmm. ended the year at 22nd overall uh, according to Ken Palm and offensively they might take, they're definitely going to take a step back. You can't take a step forward, it's impossible. But, uh, you know, they're going to take a step back. I think defensively is where they're going to try to make it up.
0: Yeah, I agree there. I mean, you, as much as they bring back, you know, you lose an insane, you lose that, that two pivotal players on defense with uh, Mark Vidal and then, of course, Davion Mitchell. Mark Vidal allowed them basically to switch one through five. And, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he had so much aggression and so much quickness for the guy that size that it didn't matter who he was guarding and then of course davion mitchell who was literally drafted just purely for his defensive prowess and his aggression and that's not even including how much he still can learn and, and grill offensively and so you lose those two guys you lose somebody who was just able to do it all in a macy Oteague, um is shoot handle defend solidly And then you lose your leader, right? You lose your best player in Jared Butler. And you, you are going to take a step back because I think Adam Flagler will do good as a starting point guard, but he's not the same player. He's not the same. He's just, he's just very different in terms of what he does. Well, Jared Butler is just that typical. I think this is why he kind of fell in the draft as well. He's a very, he's a very solid and good college point guard that you just know can run an offense, defend at a high level shoot the ball and you probably know he's kind of a finished product for better and worse. Right. And I think that's why he's going to have a long career in the NBA is because he's, he's that type of player, but you can't replace that overnight. And as much as Adam, I expect Adam Flagler to be somebody, somebody really good this year. He's not Jared Butler and he's not a, you know, Jared Butler was what the, the, the 2019, 20, he was the big 12 player of the year. Right. Right. Um, And probably should have been in 2020 as well. So 2020, 2021. So, you know, it's going to be a natural step back, but this is still one of the three best teams in the conference easily. Like it's going to be Kansas, Texas, Baylor, like not, I'm not saying in that order, but those three teams are going to be competing for this conference.
1: Yep. I think Kendall Brown's going to be huge for this team. I'm so
0: fascinated to see what, what they look like with him.
1: Yeah. They need him to be uh, at the very least a capable starter on a consistent basis. And I don't, I mean, I haven't seen him yet, so we'll have to see how that goes. All right, um, let's predict. Like you said, I think I think everybody has them third right now in the Big Twelve going into the mm-hmm. year. Kansas, Texas as the top two, and then Baylor coming in third. So, eighteen game schedule. What are we looking at here for
0: Baylor men's? In- I was conference. like Ken Palm has them second right now. Ooh, but over who? Yeah, over Kansas. Over Texas. over uh, behind tech, uh, over Texas okay they have tech they have texas fourth ken palm is not a big fan he has tech over texas right now oh Sorry. man that would be yeah. something okay he has he has uh he has kansas and baylor city at 13 and 5 and tech and can't uh texas at 11 and 7 do we have texas at 12 and 6
1: 14 and 4 okay um all right baylor men's uh 18 games i'm gonna be I think you mentioned this when we talked about Texas. You you thought the Big Twelve is going to be a little bit more even, in a mm-hmm. sense. You thought like thirteen wins might win it. Fourteen wins probably will. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eleven and seven.
0: Okay. I'm gonna. Go I'm, gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twelve and six. All right.
1: You have the same yeah. Baylor and Texas same record.
0: Yep. I think that's going to be a hell of a game. That's and crazy. I think I mentioned, I mentioned Texas and tech going to be interesting. That tech Baylor matchup is going to be nasty just as both those teams are good. Just going to like, I think that's first to 50. Like I yeah. really do.
1: Yeah. Uh, last question before we move on real quick, who's the best player yeah. on this team? Cause I couldn't answer that question when I said that last night.
0: Matthew Mayer. <clears throat> I think so. I think this is going to be a year where he really has a chance to show. I think it'll be Matthew Mayer and James Akinjo kind of yeah, battling for Akinjo.
1: that. I was going to say Akinjo. <laughs> but I, I like the Mayer.
0: But, yeah, I think he's – this is a big year for him. Like, this – is we saw a lot of flashes last year. Like, he's able to handle the ball a little bit. Um, he, he's mostly a mismatch. If they play him at the four, he's a mismatch. And he's he's that prototypical – potentially that prototypical NBA 3 and D where it's like 6'9 Wayne who can shoot and defend really well. If he can create a little bit better, I don't I have no idea where his ceiling is. Yeah. All <clears throat> right. Let's get to the women. Uh let you
1: start us off and get the six-minute timer going. Uh, we could talk about all right these, these two teams all day. Shout out Baylor basketball. I know, right? Just, we can have we just can giving us content. <laughs> just giving us content,
0: Baylor. Love them. have an entire podcast over these two. All right. <clears throat> So twenty eight and three, 17 and one last year, go all the way to the elite eight. Some people call that a disappointment, but you look at that region. I mean, they lose to Yukon by two. Uh, that region had Iowa. That region had Michigan. They had Tennessee, Kentucky. The fact that Baylor was a two is, is insane because I just mentioned the record. And now it's a little bit of a reload it's not a rebuild um even though you know Kim Mulkey's off to LSU now Nikki Collin comes in they still have the best player in the country slash in the state at the very least uh in Melissa the Smith they bring in a lot of insane talent overnight they lose some Trent they lose some to transfer of course they lose the best defender in in the country and uh D.D. Richards to the WNBA um they lose a lot of players like D.J. Carrington and things like that but I believe they also lose uh, Hannah Gusters two LSU, uh, Moon Urson to LSU, uh, Moon Erson to Tulane, I believe she yeah. went to. Yeah. So And so they they lose some contributors from last year's team, but I mentioned Alyssa Smith. They bring back Queen Egbo. Uh, Sarah Andrews is probably going to be somebody who's asked to step up a lot. Kalen Bickle, who was a contributor on last year's team. And they bring in, I mean, overnight, Jamie Asbury, Jordan Lewis, Kamaria McDaniel, like three all-conference guards out of nowhere. Um, When you're probably looking at Kamaria McDaniel as the sixth woman off the bench, like that's kind of stupid. Like she was an all-conference caliber player coming out of Penn State. And so, you know, the question basically just becomes what this team team looks like under Nikki Collin, right? Last year, they were such a fascinating test case on how Kim Mulkey is... A, was able to adapt that team because they weren't, gr- they didn't shoot a lot of threes. They basically uh, chose to basically win the game in the paint. Um, they ran Dee Dee Richards at the point guard, which she's not a point guard. She's a three um, and sometimes maybe a four. And they basically just chose to overwhelm people with size. And when you're a team like Baylor that can play elite defense inside out and knows you're going to neutralize teams from the outside you can kind of choose to sacrifice two threes when you're not going to give up threes on the outside. And so in the tournament, you know, they kind of had to go to somebody like uh, DJ, Carrington to get them some buckets and mooners and to get them some buckets on the outside, but they were able to win so many games by more or less sacrificing the three-point line. Uh, I believe they were only, they were two 213th, 213th in the country and made threes last year. Yeah. And they shot the three well when they did, but they really were very picky. Um, but conversely, they are fourth in overall field goal percentage. So they obviously chose to reinforce that backcourt this year to maybe add some more of that dynamic three-point shooting um, with somebody like Jamie Asbury and Jordan Lewis. I'm curious to see where this team, just what this team looks like, because you have a Melissa Smith or if you want to spam... Inside buckets, go for it. Um, we're recording this a day after their scrimmage against West Texas, and Melissa Smith had 34 points, and West Texas as a team had 37. So, it, again, they could just they could really just kind of do that the whole season in so many of their games, and they'll be okay. But I'm curious to see what this team looks like. Do they choose to get Jordan Lewis? I believe Jordan Lewis had seven points. Jamie Asbury had eight. Um, Kamari McDaniel only had about seven. She saw one of seven, but again, they're, they're having her shoot. So there's so many questions about this team, but long story short, they're going to be fine. I'm just kind of curious about how they win their games now.
1: Yeah. Last year. I mean, they were really just a force on the inside. I I had to make sure the stat was accurate and it was, uh, they were mm-hmm. plus 18.6 in rebounding margin. Yeah. Plus. So when they missed, they got every rebound. And when the other team missed, they got every rebound. They just, every single rebound was, was gotten by uh, that team. Uh, They held teams at 32.6% from the field. Uh, They, like you said, they didn't shoot many threes at all. I think that's one area where they could, I don't, I don't think they're going to take a big step forward as far as shooting goes, but I think Sarah Andrews Mm -hmm. in the starting lineup, uh, or if, if she's in the starting lineup or if she'll be in the rotation at the very least, is gonna help this team a lot because she did she shot the third second or third most threes on the team behind mm-hmm. obviously um uh DJ Carrington.
0: I think one of the other interesting things, I'm looking at the numbers right now. So obviously Melissa Smith and Queen Eggbo led their team in rebounds with about nine and eight and a half. You know who their third and their third and fourth biggest rebounders? Moon Erson and DJ Carrington. Moonerson averaged six and six and a half rebounds a game. That is nuts because, like, obviously she's a guard, but she's also like a small guard. Like, that's yeah. not like a I six will, one guard out there. That's pretty insane. I will say that they were really relying on that starting five
1: last year. While one hundred percent, while yeah. the the bench played a bit, like you could look and they're like, okay, ten minutes here, ten minutes a game here. Like there was a good amount of players with ten minutes a game. Once it got conference and tournament time, it was. It was those five. It was Smith, Erson, Carrington, Igbo, uh, Richardson, yeah. Richards. Like that, yeah. that was it. So this year, I feel like the the depth is there a little bit more. I mean, you you mentioned it, Kamari McDaniel, I think is gonna be a, a big boost. Uh Caitlin Bickle, I think can play an even bigger role. Um, but it is gonna come down to these start these starters again. Asbury, uh, Lewis, Smith. I think those are the that's the big three to a degree. And you know how they kind of play together is gonna determine a lot. But I I trust Melissa Smith to carry this team through the big 12. I mean, there's really no concern I have in that aspect, but it's once you get back on that national stage, back in the NCAA tournament, you're playing the Yukons, you're playing the, the Kentuckys, Iowa's, whoever you're playing, then they're going to need more from everybody else. Cause that's what we saw in the tournament. It was like, all right, it's Melissa Smith. And then they couldn't shoot. So it was like, mm-hmm. where are they going to get the, the points from? Like you can only think- hold on for so long against a, t- a player like uh, a Beckers.
0: Yeah. And I think that though, I think Didi Richards went out against UConn too. So like there went that, um, I'm trying to look back at that. Yeah. So like Trinity Oliver, they tried to get her some minutes in there. Uh, I'm looking at the UConn box score right now. And it was like 40 minutes, 39 minutes, 34 minutes, 30. Like, it was like, they were looking for anybody. And like, you know, granted when you have such a talent, they have probably the best starting five in the, in the country, but Like, you know, when something happens, like something happened to D.D. Richards, you're kind of scrambling to figure out, okay, who's that who's that next option? Who's that person that's going to really do something uh, outside of that bunch? And they're a little bit better positioned this year to 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 perhaps do that. And I think that's where um, uh, that's where I'm curious to see what Nikki Collin kind of sees with this team. Right. Is she somebody that chooses to play Caitlin Bickle for better or worse, more? Right. Um, Because I believe she only averaged about. 14-ish points a game, um, that'll probably go up just because there is no other option off the bench in terms of a big,
1: so. Yeah, uh, Kamari McDaniel uh, sat out last year. She was injured last year. So getting her back into rhythm, I think will be a good thing. You mentioned her shooting from the last game. I think that'll be a work in progress as the season goes on. But obviously, the year before last year, she was an all Big Ten player. So yeah. plenty of talent on this team. Let's predict. Um, I'll let you go first.
0: All right, let's see. 18. 17-1 I mean, uh, last year ish. Seventeen and one. <laughs> I still think. I mean, they win. They win the Big Twelve. I don't think that changes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Who? I'm gonna go sixteen and two. In the Big Se- who's second in the Big Twelve? Probably Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, Iowa State. I probably go Iowa State. Yeah. Um, I'll go right, sixteen, and, 16 two? and two, because uh, I think I, I think they might split with right. Iowa State and i would not be stunned if they dropped to texas um i'm just i'm just going through the conference in my head right now i I don't think again texas i have a lot of questions about texas but um i feel like this is a team that's more prone to stumbling than last year's
1: i agree i agree it's not as bulletproof i don't think um i'm gonna go 15 and 3 and i still think that wins the conference iowa state's gonna be right there though i like iowa state a lot so Mm -hmm. we'll see okay Next is North Texas ish. All righty, Texas. So I'm gonna take it, it right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna G- go yeah, yeah, G M G.
0: All righty, go so for it, bro.
1: Me, me, Mallory, and Ashley Pickle, man, just <laughs> goming Green, all up in
0: Dave Campbell's. Right now. Uh, had you on the had you on the road last year? Had you all over the place? Oh man, all right, North Texas men's.
1: Let's get to it uh let me all right 18 and 10 overall nine and five in conference play it was a team that entered conference play last year with a losing record um and then they just went on their run basically they did what they've done the last two years i mean in 2020 they were the conference champs and then obviously the tournament got canceled so they won the tournament in 2020 2021 they end up third in their division in the west and we've talked about before how good conference usa's west is specifically with uab and la tech they come in third but then they get in the tournament and they just lock down they are they end the year 48th in the defense in in the country in defense 350th in pace and if that doesn't describe or texas style then i don't know what does that's exactly what the tournament was they end up beating la tech in the 40s they end up beating uh, old dominion in the 50s and they end up winning against western kentucky in the 60s in a game that went to overtime like and then they beat purdue in the ncaa tournament in the 60s in a game that goes to overtime so you couldn't score on them because they didn't really let you score and mm-hmm. they also just took their out the ball um, they were led by Javion hamlet um, for my money one of the best players in conference usa um perhaps the best with i mean just over the past two years um, James Reese, Zachary Simmons, all three seniors that are going to be gone this year. But I mean, Grant McCaslin at North Texas has just done a terrific job at obviously turning the program around from when he started at 20, in 2017. I mean, to to get a tournament win, the first tournament win in North Texas history is something that still is mind boggling to me. I still can't believe that I saw that. So, um, great team. Uh, as far as returning pieces go, it starts with JJ Murray and Thomas bell, Thomas bell specifically. I have him as one of the three or four best players in the conference conference USA. Um, he might not, he's not going to put up 20 points a game, but he could definitely put up 15, eight and four, like mm-hmm. that, that type of impact player. So they have a good, they have five returners. Um, And I think all five of them start. Uh, So J.J. Murray, Marjorie McBride, Ruben Jones, Thomas Bell, and Abu Usman. After that, you have a whole slate of new guys that I'm interested in watching. I definitely, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. I mean, you're coming off a historic season for North Texas standards. Um, So I think they're going to take a step back. Uh, They were predicted to come in sixth in the conference. And I think, while I think that's a little low, I think that's pretty much fair. I think three to five range is going to be four to five range is probably where, where I have them in the conference.
0: I will say they they should not enter next uh, this year's conference schedule with a losing record. I don't think they have a couple. They have obviously they play Kansas. Um, they have an interesting game against uh, UTA and Sam Houston, but that's kind of it. I think this is a team that should probably. I think this team this was scheduled to kind of put together, try to finding try try and finding your next step guys, right? Your your next go to guys. I will say um, it depends on. Yeah.
1: After the Kansas game, because that's a tournament, so they'll play yeah, three yeah. games that one. So they could go like Kansas, Dayton, and true, some other good true, teams. That's the three killer slate. That Nevada's not bad, and Wichita State's not bad. Everybody right. else, I, yeah, Sam Houston. It's not. UMass, it's not
0: going to be. I don't think the. I mean, five hundred. I don't think they have a losing record. Let's put it that way. Because yeah, I think they had oh, Arkansas. They had West. They had West Buffalo. Virginia.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm actually not sure. That's a good question. Let's see. I'm. I'm. I'm on Kim Palm go
0: for it 77th last year okay okay all, all right. right well we'll That's, see about that all um right. buffalo's yeah no like but yeah anytime you lose somebody like uh like a jv on hamlet you know i love the stat that they kept throwing up during the purdue game that he was number one in floaters like <laughs> he had the best floating uh per, like shooting shooting percentage using floaters something like that or like yeah. the most points scored from floater like insanely creative player um but you mentioned it. This is a system team, right? This isn't a guy, This isn't a team that falls apart when they lose a go-to score. This is a team that, like, they're going to take the air out of the ball. They're going to play incredible, uh, aggressive perimeter defense, and they're going to activate. A, I think we're going to see the press a little bit more. I know North Texas did not use the press as much last year. Um, and I think Grant McCaslin, even back in his time at Arkansas State, that was kind of what he established early was a pretty aggressive press, and I. Would not be shocked if if we see that a little bit more this year um, to maybe give them more of an edge than probably what they had offensively over teams last year. Um, I would not be surprised if we see him use that a little bit more frequently. Yeah, uh, I think there
1: there is an avenue for this team playing a bit faster, but I don't think they're going to start the season playing faster, even though. Mm like last year and the year before they started off playing faster and then got slower as the year went on. Mm -hmm. I could see that working the other way around this time. Uh, Ruben Jones specifically, uh, sophomore guard uh, out of Houston Yates. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Houston Yates obviously puts up a hundred a game, uh, him with the ball in his hands. I trust in the open court. I think that could be an Avenue where they, uh, can push the pace. But other than that, I think the bench is slightly concerning. You have Tyler Perry, uh, a Coffeeville community, a Juco national champ coming off the bench, so kind of like a microwave scorer. Um, mm-hmm. Amir Wright Transfer from Washington, Rashid Brown, AM a- a- Corpus Christi transfer. Um, so you have some depth there, but I think it's just going to come down to those five returners that I named uh, playing defense, which I think they will, and then figuring out offensively. Because while JV on him, while I, I think you made a really good point in the system, Losing Javion Hamlet's not going to drop the floor out from this team by any right. means. The ceiling though is questionable, right? Moving into mm-hmm. those games where, all right, it's a tight game because it's like 41 to 40 in the four <laughs> in, with like three minutes left. Like <laughs> who's going to get a bucket here. And it was always yeah. Javion Hamlet. I think that turns into Marjores McBride. I think that turns into Ruben Jones and maybe even Thomas bell to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I think all those guys are capable, but you know, JV on Hamlet did it for two years, basically flawlessly.
0: I will say in something in Grant McCaslin's favor is that he's always had that guy and that next guy step up, right? In 2020, I don't think everybody expected it to be JV on Hamlet. Or, and so uh, 2018, 2019, it was Emoja you know, Gibson, Roosevelt Smart. You know, it was like it was a bunch of guys were like, oh, this guy's going to step up now. And then two years ago, I mean, and they won 20, like last year was the first time since 2017 they didn't win 20 games. And they were doing it, you know, without uh, they were doing it every year with somebody different, it felt like. So I think that's something I think that's something to go in his favor as well. That's an excellent point.
1: Yeah. I've honestly forgot about those Roosevelt smart years. I uh, even though I covered them like firsthand, he was breaking (laughs) records at three point shooting. Just what a what a year. Um, All right. Let's predict uh, North Texas. 18-game schedule. Uh, like I said, I think Conference USA is a fascinating conference to watch. Um, mm-hmm. La Tech and UAB, I think, are the two best teams in the West. Western Kentucky is going to be good again. Um, I think, obviously, UTEP's improved. I don't think they just walk over UTEP like they did last year. Um, what do we
0: have UTEP and Rice going?
1: UTEP, I have, we have them going. UTEP... You have ten and eight. I have eight and ten. Rice. You have ten and eight. I have nine and
0: eight.
1: Nine and nine. Okay. Damn. Whew. All right. Well, that um, kind of made me nervous for for my picks, but uh, I'm gonna. I was go... right? just
0: thinking about that. Like, damn. All right.
1: Because uh, like even when they won the conference two years ago, they were like 13, 14 and four, I think. And then last yeah. year, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I. I mean, I was lower on UTEP and Rice, so I can afford myself a little wiggle room here because I definitely think they're better than those two teams. But yeah. uh, I'm gonna go 12 and six. Okay. Which still might be a little high. Eleven and seven might be, but go I'm ahead. gonna go ten and eight again.
0: Yeah. Same as UTEP.
1: Ooh. North Texas this versus just-
0: UTEP has become a primetime matchup, baby. Yeah. This is one that I'm this is the one of the this might be high on my list in terms of like ones i'm gonna regret like around like mid-february i feel like i i I know i think
1: i think 10 to 12 is fine i think that's Mm -hmm. like the perfect range i will say i think the floor of this team is just high enough to where they're just gonna i think they're 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 gonna beat the bad teams pretty substantially here just with their defense yep all right to the women um where'd it go where'd it go um i'll start real quick Mm all right. Um, this team, I want to start off this team finally took the leap forward last year. So covering Jay- Jaylee Mitchell got there when I got there. Um, actually, no, she got there a year before I got there. So she got there 2015, 16, I think it was her first year. And, you know, I covered her my freshman year. And then ever since then, it's kind of just been like waiting and waiting and waiting on that, this team to take that step forward. Cause they mm-hmm. kept coming in like eighth, ninth and 10th in the conference, and we were like, is this ever going to happen? And credit to Jaylee Mitchell. She stuck with it, changed her coaching staff around a few times, changed her personnel around a few times, and they finally did it. They took their step forward last year. They went 13-7 and and 10-4 in conference. Not the greatest year in, in history of North Texas. They end up losing the first round of the Conference USA tournament. It was very disappointing. But still, it showed that this program is capable of having a frankly a year over 500 like substantially over 500 like they've been sitting around like 14 and 14 years the past six years and to finish 13 and seven and to play the way that they played was very very promising um like i said the loss to old dominion in the first round of the tournament was was disappointing old Dominion ends up i think winning like two games in the tournament they actually made a little bit of a run uh but last year they end up becoming an elite shooting team um You look at uh, Quincy Noble and Nia Boyd as your backcourt. Nia Boyd now gone. Uh, Quincy Noble is a uh, co-player of the year in the conference going into the year. I mean, just a great player. Um, They end up taking 18 threes per game and making 33% of them while holding teams to 26% from three. Just the three-point shooting has been – was the biggest difference for me uh, mm-hmm. last year because it's going in years past. They were very, very stagnant, unable to create a lot of good looks from three. But when you have that creator and Quincy Noble, I think it just makes a huge difference. So um, they weren't great rebounding, weren't great free throw shooting team, but I, I, I love the way that this team played last year. And while they lose a good amount, while they lose like Naya boy, Destiny Brooks, Rochelle Lee, this is i think we we need to coin this phrase this is an all-in candidate we've had a few of them in this Mm -hmm. Mm 48 teams that we've we've covered here this is one of them this is an all-in candidate they have five grad seniors on this team yep that doesn't include quincy noble and that doesn't include like a couple other key key players like i'm looking at this depth chart and i'm like there's 10 players I could see getting significant minutes. They add Fresno State starter in Allegheny, or um, they add a South Alabama starter in Jalen Millard. They add Louisiana Tech starter in Amber Dixon. Amber Dixon, I, yep. I don't even know if she's going to start. And then you have a slew of returners. Like, it's an all in candidate. It's an yep. all in candidate. Uh, last thing I'll say, Maddie Townley, who started at Ford for them last year. I mean, sixth year senior. They have tons of experience here. Train of Mims has been there since I've been
0: there. Loads of experience. It's an all-in candidate. Yep, 100%. I think that last year, they, <clears throat> this is one of the teams that kind of, uh, I feel like it got, got a little, uh, a bit of a shorthand when it came to some of their postponements because, you know, you mentioned they lo- they lost to Old Dominion. They, both their regular season matchups were postponed against them. Um, they postponed against Rice. So, like, there was another contender. So, like, it was a team that beat the teams that it should have beat and but never quite got to see its real ceiling reached yeah. um because of that and i think they ended up making up that rice get so they they just put yeah. it off they split they split That's the new. rice series yeah but still. um but still yeah you mentioned like you you really wanted to see mm-hmm. them play a full strength schedule and then of course when they run up against an old dominion it's the team that they're just of like yeah we never we never saw them this year um but yeah, Jaylee Mitchell's definitely seeing this team as an all-in candidate based off the, you know, you steal a, a starter from a rival, in-conference rival, you steal a starter from South Alabama, which is a notoriously good uh, program as well, uh, with Jalen Mallard. And, like, I'm really excited to see this team because do they take that step forward, you know, playing? It's kind of, aside from uh, UTEP, and probably UAB, like they're one of the more experienced teams in this, in, in the West, especially. Um, and so I'm just so fascinated to see what an experienced North Texas team that's rolling now, like, looks like and how about what their ceiling is. And the the two teams picked above, so they were picked tied for third. Mm-hmm. And
1: the two teams picked above them, I don't have it in front of me, I think it was Charlotte and somebody, they're both in the East. And the mm-hmm. team that they were tied with is in the East as well. So they were picked to come in first in the West, pretty yeah. much. Right. And that's a big deal because obviously that's a majority of your schedule um, to a degree. I, I think they stagger the divisions to a degree in Conference USA. Um, Jay Zion Jackson, I want to give a shout out to because last year she was a very big part of what they did offensively, making she's kind of like she's the one that gets things going. I have her like as mm-hmm. like a playmaker, creator type um, going into her junior year. Uh, I'm interested to see if they start. Uh is, uh I think she's really good on both ends of the court. That could be a big boost. So I mean, there, there's just not a discernible weakness here. I think if Quincy Noble, she doesn't even have to take like a step forward. I don't think I don't think she's gonna have more on her plate this year. I think she, right. even though obviously Naya Boyd was good last year, I think you look at this team and you're like, all right, this team has if not more playmakers, it has just as many posts that they can trust. Um, I think Emma Vias uh, Gomez showed in—I uh, know against the old Dominion in the old Dominion game she flashed—and mm-hmm. I think that she's someone who could kind of step forward at six six foot three. So that's another graduate senior. So I—it's—it's it's a big year. It's a big big year for Jaylee J. Mitchell, and um, I've said that in the past. But in the past, it's kind of been like, all right, is this going to be the year that they break break through? Mm-hmm. They had the breakthrough year to a degree. Now you are actually predicted to like be really, really good.
0: Yeah. I think that offensively they could probably take a step forward. Um, They're about average when it comes to the conference, the rest of the conference um, kind of sinking even below average at times, but they were able to stop just completely shut teams down defensively. So, you know, if they just take a step forward on that side of the ball, like it could be, their ceiling could be just like skyrocketing. So um, yeah, I think this is definitely one of the conference favorites, no doubt. All right, what do you have them going in eighteen games? Eighteen games. What did I put for UTEP? I I gotta gauge that UTEP women. You we
1: both have at Uh fifteen and three. Oh my goodness! I'm going fifteen and three as well.
0: Oh really? Okay,
1: I'm going. Those two teams are just gonna run the West.
0: Yeah, I got. I'll go twelve and six. I think a little bit behind.
1: The West is just like UTSa Rice. Yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of layup UAB. lines for, for a while. Yeah, UAV and Latex are better, uh, yeah. but like Southern Mist. yeah, no, it's the North Texas and UTEP are just gonna run through that. It's gonna be it's
0: so. gonna be some uh, some layup lines going on in in, in, <laughs> in Denton <laughs> for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> oh, gee. All
1: right, they're typed in, locked in. All right, the final oh, team, locked. the forty the the forty seventh and forty eighth teams, the twenty fourth school. UT Arlington um I'll start off off on the men's they go 13 and 13 last year nine and eight in conference they end up bringing in new coach uh Greg Young who was an assistant at UTA the past 12 years Mm -hmm. um and you look at last year they lose first round against Troy even though they were the higher seed I believe and they were just a team that was kind of like way too centric around shahada wells like shahada wells did everything for them 16 points 17 points a game four assists 2.2 steals 39 percent from three great player we talked about him on the tcu podcast um they were plus 2.8 in turnover margin plus 1.7 in blocks plus 2.2 in steals um it's a team that on paper i liked a lot but when you went past shahada wells you were kind of like all right these other guys are fine but i didn't really trust them to create at all like sam griffin who's not who's now at tulsa averaged 13 points per game uh david azori i believe was second team all conference preseason this year that's uh, mm-hmm. he averaged 12 points a game last year you return patrick Im- Mwaba, uh uh six foot seven Ford. you add javon levi from utrgv and uh, among others uh lorazo i'm sorry lazaro rojas from fresno state so is it a team that's entering like a rebuild type thing? Cause I don't know if they can get back to over 500 without Shahada Wells. And with the team that they have uh, currently, they were picked a tied for ninth in the Sun Belt. So that kind of gives you an idea of what people think about them. As far as the coaches or mm-hmm. media go, I, I look at this team as possibly a rebuild type candidate going from yeah. the all in.
0: We had last <laughs> like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I think that, They've been in such a weird spot because – so I remember two, three years ago when Scott Cross was, was fired. Um, he had that program really, really rolling and as one of the top – to me, one of the most consistent mid-majors over his time. And then they move on. Basically, I forgot who the AD was at the time, but he basically released a statement saying we have aspirations bigger than Scott Cross, which is he, – he he threw the name out. He threw the Gonzaga comparison out there, and it's like, bro, what? And then they go and hire Chris Ogden, who again, was a good assist, was Chris Beard's number two. Um, and then he ends up going back to uh, alongside Chris Beard. And so they hire Greg Young, which I think was a good move because like, that's the, he was, he was there for the Scott Cross years. He was there for the the Chris Ogden years and he, he's somebody consistent. And I think he's somebody that knows what UTA's, what UTA should be, can recruit the area well and can build this program to back to being not in one year, but back to being one of the teams to watch in the Sunbelt, because this is a team that should be winning 20 games and should be competing for Sunbelt titles. Um, I was there when Scott Cross's best team fell just short uh, when they, the year they beat, I believe Texas and Ohio state and St. Mary's, I believe it was like, it was an insane run, but that's where they should be aspiring to be. And that's where I think this program has the talent to be. And so you bring in somebody like a Javon Levi, who I think is a solid, you know, from UTRGV, who's a solid, solid point guard. Um, And I don't think this is going to be a team that competes right away, but I think this is going to be a team that's kind of annoying to play, if that makes sense. Um, They're going to be a team that's probably is going to take a game. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a game off Texas State or take a game off a contender, because I do think David Azor is a good player, I'm curious to see some of these other transfers that come in. I think they're going to bring back some of the defense that uh, that was kind of they were known for under Scott Cross with Greg Young now. Um, But, yeah, no, this is they're in such a weird spot that um, I'm just really curious about what 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 goes on this year. Such a such a disappointing year last year. I mean, oh, I mean the past two years that you know he he the AD drops that Gonzaga quote and then they don't compete for the conference basically for two years and it's like, the- what did you? And then Scott Cross has I think Scott Cross is at Troy now and he's like well, he wins a tournament game you know like in in the Sun Belt and it's like why did you let this guy go you know so yep. it's a it's a weird they're in a weird 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 like limbo area right now as a program. Yeah, they ended the year ranked
1: 253rd and Kim Palm. Like and 246th in offense, 260th in defense, just a bunch of like middling numbers here. I mean sure. low, low numbers. And you look at conference like eighth in offense, seventh in defense, like they just weren't good at anything, really. Uh, they led the conference in block percentage for what it's worth, I guess, you know. Um, but the last in effective field goal percentage as an offense. So it's like, well, now you don't have Shahada Wells. So yeah. I mean, on one hand you hope maybe i mean javon levi is more of a creator an assist man can set up guys really well so i i hope that that kind of raises the floor of what this team can be offensively because they were so sporadic and just so inconsistent Mm -hmm. last year but i think it's just going to come down to their defense and greg young instilling a defensive identity in this team that they haven't had since they were good um also when they were good they had a lot of talent they had kevin hervey they had a uh, you know, a bunch of like really solid players. So, yeah. um, and I don't think they have that on this team yet. So, I look at this year as being a rebuild-esque year. Um, uh, kind of get your footing back under you. They, sh- they shot forty one percent from two last year. Yeah, just an incredible number. So, uh, yeah, I I have low expectations. uh you you know the Sun Belt better than me. Um, ninth, I I think is appropriate just based off what That's I fair. know. Yeah, um, and I think there was a quote from Greg Young when I read the article. Is like, yeah, you know, ninth is about is about right. We haven't, you know, had a good good years the past two years. So,
0: yeah, everybody knows this is a team. Yeah, I think this is a team that you look at the starting five, and it's going to be a lot of graduate and and senior graduate students and, and seniors. But I think they're going to be set up because basically everybody else is an underclassman, right? Everybody else is going to be back next year. So like, I feel like this is a setup year to get competitive, right, and do, you know, have the bottom not fall out from under you, and then next year go into 2022, 2023 with a little bit more of experience. So um, so we'll, I will say, again, this isn't going to be a team that's contending. Um, the West in particular is pretty the, – eh, the East is the tougher part of the Sun Belt, yeah. but they're going to be playing a lot in the, in the East, so that's going to be an issue for them. Yep. All right.
1: Let's predict. 18 games, I assume
0: yes yes let me double double check their schedule see how exactly how it breaks but i'm pretty sure do they avoid it's not going to break good whatever so they've they they only get georgia state once with help that helps and they only get let's see app state once as well okay so the the east breaks kind of favorably for them but Um. (laughs) but (laughs) they're not better than many teams in the west (laughs) still I'm gonna go six
1: and twelve. Okay, six and twelve for ish. I think you know I, I can't see UTR on going like four and fourteen. I just sure sure no for, no. Like I think Javon Levi is a fine player. I think um, Azori is a fine player. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you six and twelve.
0: All right, I'm gonna stick with you.
1: All right, be very very measuredly
0: pessimistic about where they go so i'll be tuned
1: into ut arlington and north texas men's i think they play like december 12th something like that yeah so i'll be tuned in we will see right. what ut arlington has all right last mm. team the ut
0: arlington women's i'll let you take them yes Alrighty. so last year they kind of uh, So long story short, they kind of get a a whirlwind before the season starts. Um, uh, Krista Gerlich leaves for Tech, obviously. And I believe this was like, I can't remember exactly when this happened, but it was like a month or two months before the season starts, basically. So they scramble and they go hire uh, uh, Vanderbilt associate head coach, Sharika Wright. And again, she's in kind of a tough situation. And they go 13 and seven and 11 and four in conference. And this is a, this turns out to be a pretty good team. <clears throat> Granted, they had a lot of experience from um, Krista Gerlick, of course, built them into one of the more reliable mid-majors in the country, but this still was a tough situation for Shereika Wright to walk into. And she more or less like has them playing really good defense, really good defense, and they're sharing the ball a ton. They're not shooting that great, but they're one of the top teams in assists as a team, Uh, I believe 65% of their shots came off assisted, uh, came off assists. That was about 12th in the country. Um, They were able to play great defense, 18th in the country in allowed field goal percentage, 10th in the country in uh, three-point percentage uh, defense. Very, very good. We mentioned Katie Farrell is one of the most underrated players. In to me in the country, just because she's not going to fill up a stat sheet, and she's by far one of the most efficient players and one of the most valuable players. You just look at the metrics. Um, she's I think uh a couple years ago, the the kind of the phrase Draymond Green comparison kind of came out because again, you look at you'll look at Draymond Green as like ah six points, four assists, and five rebounds, and then you'll look at it, he is like a plus 30 or something on his like yeah. on his like plus minus or something, and that's similar to what the way she plays where you know, she'll have, I'm trying to find her averages real quick. She averaged 5.6 points, six, or I'm sorry, uh, basically
1: five assists and four rebounds.
0: Right. And so like, you'll look at are like, yeah. And you're like, that's filling up the box score, but you know, every game to game you look at and then it's like, Oh, that's, that's fine. But then you look and It's like, Oh, they'd lose if she doesn't play well, you know? Um, And they were, they were a pretty deep team too. They played everybody about 20 ish minutes a game. Um, which was pretty impressive too. So I'm curious to see what happens now. They bring back um, they bring back a decent amount, not a lot. Uh, we just talked about the men's who kind of do bring back a little bit more um, outside of the top. But I think this is a team that's gonna be still a pretty decent contender in the West. I don't know if they're one of the favorites, but this is a team that I'm very optimistic for because of how last year went. Um, now sure you could right. It's a full off season to kind of implement what you wants to do. I'm kind of curious if there's any more changes with that. Um, but I think this is a team that, uh, I'm going to be really interested in seeing, especially defensively. Cause I think that's something that they could, I mean, it's scary to say, but if they could just maintain or get better at that, like, I think this is a conference contender at that point.
1: Yeah. It was a team that shot the ball pretty well last year, as far as they shot 18 threes per game at 32% clip. Uh, they end up losing the first round of the tournament to App State, and they yeah. only shoot four fourteen from three that game, um, and only have eight assists. Um, like you said, they were one of the best assist teams in the in the country. Really, they had double digit assists in basically every single game. They go against mm-hmm. App State, and they kind of just get shut down. They score forty six points. So, um, it is there are flaws. They lose Bree Bree where They return Shia Smith. They return Katie Farrell. Like you said, there'll be those two that kind of ignite everything. Uh, Katie Farrell only put i mean she played 25 minutes a game last year she mm-hmm. only started 11 games and she put up those numbers that i said right she yep. basically had a two to one turnover she had more than a two to one assist to turnover ratio she led the team in steals she almost led the team in blocks like i thought the Draymond green comparison was amazing even though she mm-hmm. and also shoot she shot 39 yeah. percent free last year on 50 on 49 attempts so uh there's not a real weakness in her game and i think she's gonna be that cog that if you can just fit pieces around her, and I think Shai Smith's more than just a piece, but if you can mm-hmm. fit pieces around her, this team there's a reason this team was picked third in the Sun belt. Like yeah. I think there there is a ceiling that is
0: that is this team is capable of going into this year. Yeah, I think so. And the other thing that is fascinating to me, they didn't bring much in, right? They they you they kind of stuck to their high school recruiting, right? They, they bring in, they brought in true freshmen. They didn't bring, you know, a transfer here and there. So it goes to show that they like what they have and they really, they really stuck to, they're really sticking to that. Um, because this this is a team that could have easily added. Oh, let's go get a front court player. Let's go get you know somebody to replace, uh, Brie Rickware. You know things like that. But no, they were like, no, this is this is pretty much it. Um, I don't think they brought in a single transfer. Like they, they just kind of six freshmen or six yeah.
1: freshmen on this team.
0: So it kind of shows that you know Sharika writes like I'm going to use this to actually build something and have something for the next year. Because um, this is a team that it's still it's going to be a contender this year. But I don't think this is a team that falls off next year right because they have um they're they're choosing this they're going to choose they're going to probably play a lot of freshmen in the second unit and um add probably towards the probably towards the conference tournament time like we'll probably see like three or four of these freshmen probably on the floor consistently with the second unit or so one player that they
1: did bring in via transfer and i mm-hmm. think it might be the only one uh the only one i saw uh disha yeah. benjamin uh okay. from Alabama uh mm-hmm. played in 11 games uh, started two uh doesn't look like uh she she got hurt December 19th mm-hmm. and so she missed a majority of the year but okay. uh or she at least missed part of the year so anyways that's the one that I that I found so you you bring in six six fresh or what I say six freshmen and basically yep. like one transfer uh yeah you're basically rolling with what you got
0: yep all right so we got 18 here uh i'm trying to think i'm trying to think trying we had
1: te- we had uh texas state women texas state. at 10 and 8 each you know looking back on this we were really we, we were high on some teams not that texas state's not gonna be good but we, we had right. some kind of a lot of double digit ones. i'm
0: gonna go what was texas state picked in the poll is UTA was third right and yeah uto third. here i have it right here let me let me get it up If because i want to see if my thinking's in line with the coaches no you you just
1: want to pick whatever they picked you don't want to oh, okay pick, this you don't want to think for
0: yourself here all right this guy that's all right uh, on the
1: bus let's see oh good i can't even find it so you don't even get it
0: all right 11 and 8 oh i'm looking for it now <laughs> goes, Oh, another, okay right. now you want you want to where is this <laughs>
1: ridiculous I was actually looking for some help here. Okay. Um. He's. You said eleven and seven.
0: Oh, 11, did I say eleven and eight? Uh, you yeah, eleven, 11 and, and eight. Sorry. Yeah. i out of the game. Yes. Eleven and seven. I was just gonna jump right over it. Tro- okay. I so the, dodge- I got it right here. Troy, Louisiana, UTA, Texas State. It's the top four.
1: Ooh. All right. Um. I'm. I'm gonna go to Nate. Okay. Ten and eight on par with Texas State. Oh man, we did it! This stock looks beautiful.
0: Oh, look at that!
1: Ooh, I'm just ready, honestly. And this this isn't to say that I'm I didn't enjoy this all. I just want basketball to start. I just I want know. games to start. Like this is this has all been great researching every team yeah. uh, at one in the morning. But <laughs> man, I just want to like watch it just because yes. it's a lot easier to just watch and react than guess. And not to say we weren't educated, but this is like 48 teams. You're gonna be wrong on some stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah so we can actually just like see these teams and react to it oh man yeah, um, i
0: can't wait uh tuesday uh this podcast will probably come out monday and then uh tuesday's a uh, game day basically it's a tip man
1: and tuesday so then we haven't we, we still haven't figured out well actually we haven't talked about it i haven't I meaning to bring it up how we want to do the the layout
0: yeah for the, podcast, for the shows coming up the shows and that's that's
1: gonna be the interesting thing here so yeah We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll, we'll put it out. It out. Uh, but yeah, plenty of games. Uh, we we'll even, I started working on like a game of the day, start graph uh, type graphic thing we could put on Twitter or something like that, put on the side or whatever. So plenty yep. of content on the way coming out. We hope you enjoyed all this. Uh, again, if you want to hear any of the teams in the state of Texas, as far as division one goes, we have all of them covered. So be sure to check them out on our page. Uh, leave us a like, follow us. Send it to a friend and leave us a five star review on Apple. Um, all that good stuff check us out at textbasketball.com, check us out uh, at DCT basketball on Twitter uh, at Ishmael R Johnson on Twitter and at Matthew Bruni underscore on Twitter. We thank you' all for joining us um, and let's let's watch some basketball. Let's do it man.